What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer, three writers from San Diego Sports Domination who've been covering the Chargers for four seasons with our own Facebook live show called Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, we've talked a lot about the draft and shows previously but on today's show, we're going to talk about the needs that there still are. We talked about that a little bit, but what, how those positions could get filled by free agents that are still on the market. So we have some defensive tackles we're going to talk about in the first segment. I know we got a couple in the draft, but there's still a lot of improvement that could be made there. And then in the second segment today, we're going to talk about the position group of the Chargers that could use the most improvement still and that is the offensive line after really failing to address it in any meaningful way so far in the draft and then we're going to end things with a couple of wide receivers and a cornerback because we know some people think that the chargers are in desperate need of a cornerback even though we feel pretty good about michael davis and trevor williams on the opposite side of casey hayward given that he has a bounce back here this year so let's go ahead and get into it guys I want to start off by talking about a guy that was talked about very closely with this team and more of a hopeful talking about, I would say, and that is Indomitian Sue, who still is on the free agent market somehow. I mean, a player of that magnitude, it must be asking for a lot of money if he's not on a team yet, because even at his older age, he was still very productive, especially in the playoffs last season. So, John, I'll start with you. Obviously, we did have Jerry Tillery and Cortez Broughton drafted to the Chargers, but there's still a lot of question marks as far as depth and as far as overall talent in that position with Brandon Meebane really holding down a starting spot right now. I don't think there's any way of us signing Indomitian Sue, but what do you think about the Chargers potentially still being interested in him? Well, from what I've heard, Sue has yet to even have a visit. So he still wants to stay on the West Coast, but he's yet to have a visit. So I'm wondering if anybody's really interested in him or if they're just waiting for him to come down on his contract, maybe by making him wait a little bit longer in free agency. I feel like a lot of the West Coast teams are trying to play that strategy. But with the Chargers still being interested in him, it makes me hopeful. We would need a guy like that on the team. If we got him, that's probably the last free agent we signed, though, too, because of how big his contract's going to be. Well, it would definitely help a lot with me, me having a starting spot, as you mentioned. That's the weak spot right now. We got to have somebody in there that's actually powerful, elusive, and fast and not aging. Well, yeah, that would be nice. I mean, he is a little older, but Brandon Meebane is much older, especially in football years, which aged a little bit differently than the average person. There's, and there's I, aging, and then there's their actual age. There's guys yeah. that are old that you wouldn't even recognize were old. Yeah, definitely. Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he could probably keep going another five years if he wanted to. Oh, hey, how about a guy, you know, named Tom Brady? He's aged yeah. pretty slowly as well. So definitely age isn't everything. And we have some older guys. Unfortunately. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. I know. The one guy that Father Time can't catch, I guess. But David, obviously when you talk about a, a guy and a talent like Indomitian Sue. It's not a question of would you like to have him on your team. It's more of just, hey, could you get him for the right price? Because obviously he would become an instant contributor on the team 
and really help a team that wants to make a deep playoff run. I just think right now, if it was unlikely before the draft, before you drafted Tillery, before you spent two of your draft picks on defensive tackles, if it was unlikely then, I just don't see a possibility of it happening now. Yeah, I think a mixture of what you did in the draft and uh, the money that you know he's ultimately going to command in a contract. Uh, obviously, last year he waited a while for a decision, and that didn't impact you know the dollar amount. I mean, you still signed for almost ten million or whatever it was over for one year, so it doesn't matter. You know he's going to be expensive. You also know he's a very productive player. PFF grade in the eighties, pretty consistently. I mean, he's a difference maker. I mean, would you love to have him? Absolutely, you'd love to have him. I mean, he's got the pedigree for a reason. It's because he backs it up on the field. But uh, at this point, it's just, uh, you know, it's a really, really long shot. Yeah, he was kind of like the Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald for all you young kids out there. That's what Ndamukong Sue was. I mean, even coming out of the draft, it was pretty well known that he was going to be productive in the league. And, I mean, to get that kind of pocket push, to get – guy that's actually done it to get a guy who you wouldn't really need to rest this the burden of a pass rush on his shoulders he could kind of be the you know third option on this team so I mean talk about you know alleviating yourself from double teams and plays like that that's what Ndamukong Sue could do and I think he would have a special year if he could tag on with the Chargers for a playoff run but I just really don't see it likely happening but there is another guy that would probably come a lot cheaper especially because he's coming off an ACL injury last year where he only got appeared in three games with the Packers, and that's Muhammad Wilkerson, originally drafted by the Jets when they were just taking a, a defensive lineman in the top 10 pretty much every season, and has had a pretty productive career in last year, you know, coming off a not as great 2017 and then not really playing in 2018. His, dra- his stock has definitely fallen David but it's a guy that you would still love to have on your team another guy that could generate a little bit of pass rush on the inside and and brings really good physicality to your team too if there's one thing we saw in that Patriots game is the Chargers got out physical so if you could get a guy who he knows his way around the league can play in Gus Bradley's system probably in a three technique not a one technique more than likely but what would you think about bringing in a guy like that on the Chief? A, a former starter, maybe a you know a future starter for the Chargers, who would be great depth if even if he wasn't starting. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, coming off the injury, uh, he's still. I mean, looking at his PFF grades, I mean, Wilkinson's still you know a very productive player. I mean, he ranks uh, high, you know, and run runs run defense and uh, pretty solid in pass uh, pass rush as well with an upper sixties grade. So. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that can come in and provide some, uh, you know, run stuffing help, uh, which obviously we know from last year is a still a big concern until they show everybody that they've got that fixed. Uh, you know, I'd like to have him. Obviously, it'll depend on on you know the dollars, like you know, like everything. But uh, at this point, I mean, it's just another situation to where they probably think they have this position fixed, and barring injury, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, and I think, John, one of the things that you have to think about with this is how much money you've already really spent at that position. It's hard to spend more money there when you're getting first-round money to Jerry Tillery and when you gave Brandon Meebane a two-year, $10 million contract. So that I think that hurts them as far as their chances of getting another defensive tackle. But, yeah, hey, would it help your run defense? 
Absolutely. Would you have other guys that could come in and pass rush if you weren't using him and a guy like Jerry Tillery and have him come in rotationally? Yes, you would love to think about that and not have the burden of it on his shoulders. Because right now, John, without a guy like Wilkerson or without some other help, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jerry Tillery, on Cortez Broughton, on a guy like Justin Jones to really step up in his second year without a lot of veterans in there. And they all need to step up in the run game, which is the struggle. They all have some pretty, well, besides Justin Jones, they all have some pretty decent pass rush abilities, but it's the run game that they're all going to step up in. And the the real interesting thing I saw earlier is that Wilkerson and the Packers back in like March were inching closer to a reunion. So if the Chargers were to go after him, it might be basically trying to compete for the contract. And that means we're going to have to pay more than what we want to pay for him. So I don't see this happening at all if, if there's still interest between him and the Packers. So if we were to get him, yeah, big help in the run game. And I even said before I wanted to get Dexter Lawrence in the draft so that we could have a two-down lineman for running game. And then in the passing game, you bring in someone that will just rush the QB on third and 12 because you stopped the running game the first two downs. So it would not hurt to do that. Your strategy would work great, Wade, but I I just don't think we're going to afford it. No, I agree. And, I mean, I think that the possibility of the Chargers investing more money into the defensive line at this point in free agency with bigger needs, obviously, on the team, one we're going to get into in the next segment at offensive line, I just don't necessarily see that happening. So even though both of these guys could contribute, would both be really good fits on this defense, I just don't necessarily see it happening because, yes, do they need a better performance on the interior of the defensive line? Yes, but right now you really need to focus on the guys that you do have and hope they can get it done. But speaking about performance, the Chargers are trying to upgrade their performance on the field, and I'm trying to upgrade your performance in the bedroom. And you can do that with BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable tablet with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so they know you work. It's time for that jumpstart in the bedroom, and BlueChew is the way to do it. It's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door with a discreet packaging. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, really just no more awkwardness in general. Because when we're talking about things like this, awkwardness is probably the number one reason why no one wants to get something like Blue Chew. But this is the difference between Blue Chew and everything else. They will ship it directly to your house. Right now, we've got a special offer for our listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, you can get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code locked on, just pay five dollars in shipping and you can get your first order delivered to your house. That's bluechew B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast and for sponsoring this episode. Go get it right now, guys. What are you waiting for? All right, guys, now it's time to get into the next segment of our free agents available after the draft that could come in and potentially help the Chargers with the holes they still have remaining on the team, and that's offensive linemen. So there's a a few guys out there still that I think could be very serviceable 
as offensive linemen and also be upgrades to a couple positions that the Chargers could desperately use help in. So, John, I know we talked about before, and you brought up a few names that you wanted to talk about as potential free agent signings for the Chargers. And one of the ones that I like the most and, and pro football focused like the most was a guy, Ryan Schrader, offensive tackle for the Falcons, who had, a, I mean, a really disappointing year last year and ended up, you know, getting benched eventually. But I think before last season, he had nowhere, he was nowhere near as bad as he was last season. And let's just be honest, the Falcons were a mess last season but tell me what you liked about ryan schrader and why you think he could potentially be a good fit for the chargers well it wasn't so much i liked him it was he was one of the top remaining free agents that there were and he's an upgrade over sam tevy and you could probably get a one-year contract with him probably not too expensive and you can play out this year and hopefully next year you'll actually target your right tackle position the right way in the draft but with, with Schrader, he was pretty productive with the Falcons. I know he had a bad year last year, as a lot of people like to bring up. But years before that, he was really productive. And I think if you were to bring him to the Chargers with a leader like Rivers and some teammates that are a lot more supportive around each other, I think he could improve and be back to what he used to be. And it won't cost you a lot. Well, and that's what you're looking for right now is you're looking for guys that could come in and, you know, push potentially four starting spots at the positions that you really need help in. And that's really, John, what it comes down to, because, yes, is this a great player? Obviously not. He would be signed by now. He would have got one of those mega lucrative contracts that the rest of the offensive linemen got this free agency. So I, I think that you obviously know he has his faults. Even last year, in an abysmal year, he still had a better year than Sam Tevy, who I will remind everyone out there, we are not just a Sam Tevy-hating podcast. The guy didn't even play all 16 games. Joe Barksdale played a few of those, and he still gave up the most pressures in the NFL as an offensive tackle, David. So that's why, even if a guy's not perfect, you really just need to find an upgrade, even if it's a small upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously we know Philip Rivers is going to be, what, 37, 38 years old this year? He's old, okay? I mean, he's not getting any more mobile. He never has been, so they need to put a premium on providing better quality offensive line help for him so he can really just do what he does best, which is sit back and shred defenses when he has time. But that's the operative sentence there is, when he has time, he hasn't had adequate time from that right side, so that needs to be corrected. The unfortunate thing here, Daniel, is I don't think the Chargers believe that they have an issue at right tackle, and I think that is probably the the most worrisome part of the entire thing. Yeah, I mean, I, we've alluded to that, too, on other episodes of the show. It's just right now, I mean, going into the draft, this was our hope. Hey, hopefully Tom Telesco is just saying all of these nice things about Sam Tevy, just in case they can't get an upgrade in the draft, which eventually happened, his ego wouldn't totally be busted. And I mean, as far as half of that plan working, it did work. So Sam Tevy definitely believes he's the right tackle of the future. But I just don't know how you could see, hey, most pressures allowed by an offensive lineman in 2018 or an offensive tackle, that is. I don't know how you could possibly think that's good enough for a team that's trying to contend for a Super Bowl. It just really doesn't make any sense. But there's another guy, John, Jeremy Parnell, that I want to talk about, former Jacksonville Jaguar, who's getting up there in age but has still been pretty productive. 
you wouldn't know it because the Jaguars are such a mess on offense and you had Blake Bortles as the quarterback. But hey, Jeremy Barnell is a guy that's produced very well over the course of his career, especially pass blocking. Yes, and this was actually the guy I liked more than Schrader because he had more size to him. Mm-hmm. So I and he was a little bit more athletic. He also played basketball back in college. So this is a guy that if you're talking about pass blocking, can use his feet and actually use his wingspan to actually keep guys away from rivers without having to actually grab onto them or make a lot of contact. He can just get in the way for the most part. And as you mentioned, he was really he was pretty productive with the Jaguars. They cut him because he was gonna have a, a lot of money due to him. I think they said yep. he six million dollars in cap space by cutting him so it was really just a money situation than it was a talent situation and when you when you have his age you don't want to pay someone six million dollars unless you're like a top five at your position type of guy so i think the chargers could pick this one up for also a one-year reasonably cheap contract and still be more productive than sam Tepe. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it comes down to is, hey, that is the line, just being more productive than Sam Tevy. And yes, you don't have to give him a multi-year deal. He is a guy that got cut more based on his salary than performance. And David, with all these linemen, you're not going to get, I mean, a perfect product. But if you can get somebody like this who's more productive as a pass protector and, and give up a little bit in the running game, which if you believe in pro football focus, they're basically the same in the running game. I think that you absolutely sign up for that. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, before in the, in the lat with the last player, I mean, Philip rivers needs more time. I believe wholeheartedly that Jeremy Parnell can provide more of that time than Sam, Sam Tevy is. I'm just, I don't know if Sam Tevy's issues can be corrected. Uh, so I think, you know, they need to bring in someone with more talent and even in this in this instance, this is a veteran who's been in the league a long time, who's still very very productive and a very a you know very good pass blocker. So, for me, any anybody who's going to come in and be a much better pass blocker than what we were subjected to watching last year, I'm all for it. And then John, you had one more guy on this list I want to get to quickly, and that's Chance Warmack, the former Tennessee Titan former Philadelphia Eagle, and he's a guy that could potentially come in at guard, which I don't think people talk about a lot, but it's still a giant need on this team. What do you think about a guy like Chance Warmack possibly coming in on the cheap and giving Dan Feeney or one of those spots, uh, whoever's office, opposite of Forrest Lamp, a run for their money? Well, my thinking was if we don't get any of those tackles that were mentioned above, then you're probably not going to get much better than Sam Tevy. Uh, with the free agency so you're not there's no point in wasting money on that so you could probably improve your guard position with Feeney you may not, may not be improving him a lot but Warmack is a cheap guy who is a slight improvement at guard and then you can use you use Forrest Lamp in any type of way you would like to use him you would be to move him to right tackle or whatever you like to do but now you have, will have improved at least one position on the line with a cheap cost and you'll still have money left over in case you want to get a wide receiver or something along those lines afterwards. So as long as you get someone like Warmack, who's experienced, has had some pretty good success in his career. He's had a few couple of bad years, but for that, he was doing pretty well. And he is a pretty big dude. He's not he's not tall, but he's got a, some weight to him. So he's not going to get pushed around like Feeney does. So that right there alone, to me, is an improvement on the guard. 
One, I mean, he's everyone in the league basically had a better year than Dan Feeney did last year. So, <laughs> like I said, like the, the the line is very low. But hey, I think really, guys, as as far as talking about free agents, is hey, if you can bring any one of these guys in for cheap, on you know a one year contract, a two year contract with an out, I think you do it because you need in this camp because they're not going to make changes in season. Obviously, they have shown. You need people to push these guys in camp. And, hey, maybe Sam Tebby can improve, but maybe he won't. I mean, he is a very young player. That was really his first season actually starting. So I think there are chances he could improve. And I know the team obviously believes in that. I just think that you cannot chance it. Yes, if he goes out and wins the position over one of these guys, then he earned it and he's your best option. But I think you could definitely push him in training camp. And I think that's what this team needs to do. But there are a few more players that I do want to get into, namely cornerbacks and wide receivers. Like one guy that John is really high on coming up in the next segment. But first I need to talk to you guys about how your hiring problems become a thing of the past. And that could be with zip recruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is so simple, so fast and so smart, a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates and that is ZipRecruiter. It sends your job to, to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. And it's so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. One day and you can get the employee of your future. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n hey you can try it out for free right now and possibly fill that spot you've been trying to fill for months so there's really no downside to this guys try it out right now because zip recruiter is the smartest way to hire all right guys time to get into the final segment of the show today and that's talking about a couple more free agents that the chargers could potentially bring in this offseason and we're going to be talking about wide receivers and a corner in this segment. So let's start with a wide receiver that's really familiar to Charger fans. And that's a guy named Dontrell Inman. Dontrell Inman was famously an undrafted free agent that the Chargers kind of groomed into becoming a productive on-the-field player. You know, stop me if you heard that before. They've done it with so many different players. But David, Dontrell Inman's definitely a familiar face. But do you think that he could actually provide anything to the Chargers to the Chargers if they were to bring him in? I mean, obviously, you uh, is a guy I think you keep on your short list. I mean, if anybody gets hurt, he's an easy guy that you can plug and play. But as the r- roster is currently constructed, I don't think you're really going to bring him in, like, right now. Uh, but like I said, I mean, he's a guy who, if anyone even, you know, tweaks an ankle wrong – you know, he's a guy that you, you know, you shoot a phone call to and try to get signed up because, you know, he knows the system. He's been productive with Phillip Rivers and, uh, you know, he's a good possession guy. You know, he's going to keep the chains moving. So I like the idea. Yeah, I just don't know if that's necessarily what they're looking for right now out of that spot. Obviously, he is a guy that's familiar with the Chargers, but not necessarily with this regime 
not the Anthony Lynn Chargers in this offense. So, yes, him and Ken Wisenhunt have a rapport, but I think with Dontra Edmond, he's a guy that runs really great routes. He's not going to beat you with speed. He's not going to beat you with pure athleticism or contested catches, but he's a super reliable receiver and a guy that, yes, in a bind you would definitely look to to possibly bring in. But I think another thing is, John, is the Chargers might just be content with the guys they have on this roster. Hey, maybe they'll let Dylan Cantrell go try to win a spot and go try to win playing time. You have a guy like Artavis Scott, who's really just been bad luck away from finding a spot on this team. And then you still have Travis Benjamin, who they're obviously keeping around this year. So they're going to try to use him. But a guy that you talked about and a guy that you like a lot is Michael Crabtree, who still is on the market potentially because of money and nobody wanting to pay him what he thinks he could get paid, which is probably even more than he's actually worth. But he was a Raiders fan favorite. And I know a lot of people wouldn't want to touch Michael Crabtree with a 10-foot pole. But what is it that you like about Crabtree? And what is it that you think that if they were to bring him in and settle on a decent contract that he would be able to bring to the Chargers? Well, his his ability to out-jump a receiver or even just to make a, a tough catch and run his routes pretty well. And a lot of people like to fault him for drops and stuff, but he only had nine drops in the whole season last year out of 100 targets. So I really don't think he's that bad when it comes to drops. His hands are really, really good. He runs his routes. They're, they're run pretty well. I wouldn't say they're Keenan Allen good, but he runs them pretty well, and Rivers can hit him on a dime for something that's kind of like what we wanted of Mike Williams, that 20 to 15-yard area. You'd be that kind of guy, and you need to have another weapon. I know people are going to say you got Dylan Cantrell, you got Travis Benjamin. Those are not your answers. you got to have another weapon in this offense if you want to be a contender. And I think Michael Crabtree could be that guy, and if he can settle down and actually go for a reasonable price, I think you could go for him. Yeah, and I think it would be appealing to him to you know get on a team that is you know, trying to win a Super Bowl and is a legitimate playoff team. So I think that it would work that way. There's just a couple things. I mean, nine drops, even on 100 targets, is, is still kind of a lot. I mean, nine drops is a lot in one season. But he's kind of a weird kind of product just because he's so good at contested catches yet has a little bit of a drop problem. So you don't really normally see that. Uh, but I think Michael Crabtree has done a lot well in his career. He's not going to provide you a lot of yards after the catch, which would be something I would be kind of interested in, in just getting a guy that you can get it in the open field with him and let him create a first down with his legs. The Chargers don't necessarily have a guy like that on the roster, but I definitely see why Michael Crabtree would be appealing. I mean, if you go into the red zone with Michael Crabtree and Mike Williams on the outside, John, with Hunter Henry in the middle, I, I think that's something, and you know, Chargers. And down out the slot. Right. I mean, but I'm just talking about as far as, hey, guys that can, can get you a contested catch and box out in the red zone and in the end zone and come down with touchdown catches. I mean, it's hard to fault Michael Crabtree a lot for last season because it was a, a combination of Joe Flacco and a guy in Lamar Jackson who I think didn't have a completion for like 19 minutes against the Chargers. So it's really hard to evaluate him. So it's kind of hard to talk about this, but a guy who's been very productive in the class in the <laughs> very productive in the past. So hey, maybe he wants another tussle with a keep to leave two times a season. You never know. But there is one more guy I want to talk about, and that is Morris Claiborne. David, a guy that you talked about potentially for the Chargers to bring in, or at least a cornerback that's still on the market in Morris Claiborne. 
He was the number six overall pick in his draft. So that, I mean, I think still people think about when they think about Morris Claiborne as Morris Claiborne, the first round pick. But he's been very disappointing. And David, I think this is really more of a conversation is of how big is the cornerback need really? I know we all feel pretty good with the group that they have right now, but Morris Claiborne, where would you think about the Chargers bringing in Morris Claiborne or even just the state that the cornerback room is for the Chargers right now? So, Daniel, I honestly brought up Morris Claiborne more in in an attempt to let people know that this is what's out here and the Chargers are fine at cornerback. I think there's a lot of talent there right now. Uh, Ever since Michael Michael Davis learned how to turn his head around, uh, I mean, he's going to be a a great player. I mean, really, that was one of the big things I was missing from his game. I know it sounds elementary, but it was really, really important. And I think we know what we're getting out of Trevor Williams when he's healthy. I think he's a difference maker. Obviously, you got an all-pro in Desmond King. I, I just, I think they're fine. I mean, last year... I mean, he only had a 60.3 coverage grade, which is average. And I think, you know, this is a guy who's really only going to be synonymous for being the sixth overall pick in his draft. He's a guy who absolutely just did not put it all together. Uh, the Chargers are fine at corner. There's not anybody out there that can improve what worth where improve them from where they're at right now. So I think that conversation just needs to go away. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I mean, yes, you're good with Michael Davis. I think the way he finished last year and then some of the moments he had last year make you think that he's a player on the upward trajectory because the physical tools have always been there. It's just been, you know, kind of bringing it all together, like you said. So I really like Michael Davis. Hey, I mean, Casey Hayward wasn't great for a lot of stretches last season either. So, But but at the same time, I don't think anyone out here that's saying they need a corner is trying to replace Casey Hayward. So I think that, yes, I mean, every group could improve and you could improve the cornerback spot, but Morris Claiborne just hasn't been a good player. I think talking about PFF grades, I think he's only had a 70 plus grade as a player one time in his career over seven seasons. So it's not a guy that has been great at all, John, really, and really struggled since moving to the Jets after being a first round pick by the Cowboys. And I just don't think that I think that the upside you have with the guys that you have right now is more enticing to me than bringing in a a retread and Morris Claiborne and hoping he can find that potential that he never tapped into. Yeah, I would agree. If if you were to bring him in, you would have five corners on this roster that you'd and if you try to sit one of those out, you're going to have to probably sit out Trevor Williams and. He has a lot more potential in a future with the Chargers probably than Claiborne would. If you're going to build up on positions, especially in the DVs, you might as well go for another safety and cut one of the guys you have, if that's the case, because you already have four corners. If you go Claiborne, you're just putting money somewhere that's not needed. He could have major production, yes. Could he maybe upgrade the position, yes. But is it a need? Is it something that we need to waste money on and leave the offensive line or even the defensive line or wide receivers alone? No. Well, I think one of the things that is really nice about the guys you have right now, especially in Michael Davis and especially Trevor Williams, is their contract. I mean, these guys are making nothing right now. For their value based on their contract, you're getting great production out of those guys you really aren't paying anything to. So I think you need to keep that going. When the time is right, you can draft another corner. I didn't think this was an especially good cornerback draft, so I wasn't unhappy that they didn't take one. So I think it's not as much of a position of need as everyone might think that it is. 
you have to let this play out. You have to see a fully healthy Trevor Williams and let him and Michael Davis compete for that job. And even if, you know, one of them wins, I still think the other is going to be very involved. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show and the free agents still available. We are going to keep looking at more of them and especially with the cuts that could potentially happen. There's a lot of teams making cuts. This is kind of the second wave of free agency. And after July 1st, there will be even more. So I think there's a lot more guys that we don't even know of that are probably going to get cut due to their contract later on. And then we'll have more options from there. But I think we all know what the Chargers need as a team. And hopefully some better players become available that they can target late in free agency like Tom Telesco is known to do. But on on the next show, we're going to be talking to somebody covering the Delaware football team to talk a little bit about Nazir Adderley. So I'm really excited to learn more about Nazir Adderley this weekend when we talk to him. And then we also have a bunch of other shows coming out that we're working on right now. But until then, make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers and subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from so you can always get the show first before everyone else who's getting it on other social media platforms. And we do have some voicemails that we're collecting right now to do a voicemail show. So if you want to get your voice on the show, make sure to call the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. We promise, guys, the ones we have right now will get played. We're trying to collect a little bit more so we can have a more full show. So if you want to talk about who the Chargers could pick up in free agency, if you want to talk about the draft picks, whatever you want to talk about, get your voice on the show by calling the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. But we will talk to you guys later on in the week. Take it easy and go Bolts.